right. Welcome to the Transportation and Logistics Podcast, powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humble Bee Enterprises. I am very excited to welcome a very special guest. We have Dan Lindsay, co-founder of Linkage Logistics. And before we begin, uh, I did want to just say it's the first business day of Q2. All right. So, you know, already we are completed with the first three months of 2023 and those goals that we all set at the top of the year, they're still there and they're not going to walk down themselves. So uh, this is just a gentle reminder to just take those steps every single day uh, towards accomplishing those bad boys. Don't get too overwhelmed. Uh, The whole point is to make sure that you're progressing, you know, and I'm also talking to myself. um, But. In that same breath, I did want to give a big shout out to my brother, D. Scott. Uh, I I definitely remember this guy talking to me about his desire to get into uh, residential real estate. And this past week, this man signed on his uh, first multifamily units, uh, 27 units. (laughs) So congratulations to that guy. Uh, That's definitely how you walk down those goals. And uh, the Dispatcher's Guide to the Galaxy is available as an ebook and a physical book. Um, Definitely one of the accomplishments of last year for myself to publish that bad boy, uh, you know, with the FMCSA given all of the legitimacy to independent dispatch agencies now we just got to make sure that we are operating at a certain level to make sure that we're uh you know we we set that foundation and that's exactly what the dispatcher's guide to the galaxy is doing so uh again very excited to be here with my brother dan dan how are you doing today sir i am doing well my friend how are you I am extremely blessed. I'm having a great day and I'm excited to be in freight. Um, So thank you again for joining me. Uh, This is a very important topic. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm just very, very grateful that someone has put the energy to manifest this bad boy, to bring it into existence. Uh, But before we get into uh, the details of tonight's discussion. I did want to talk about your background because I think it's very interesting. You know, uh, how how did you get into logistics? I, I believe you were in the military, if I'm not mistaken, right? I was, yes. Uh, and before before I, I go on, I want to say if you do hear children screaming in the background, it's the first day of spring break in the Lindsay household. So, <laughs> Just to preface that. No, I love it. <laughs> a lot of thumping and screaming going on upstairs. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so I've, uh, I've been in logistics, gosh, it seems my entire life. Uh, my dad was a truck driver for UPS for 30 years. Uh, I've spoken the language and lived the life uh, from that perspective. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps for eight years. Uh, I was not in logistics in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was in communications. I was inspired by uh, a reading of uh, Prussian General Karl von Clausewitz. Uh, he's a one of the generals who worked very hard to take down Napoleon. Uh, he was mentioning two uh, indispensable uh, industries, essentially, if you will, or indispensable pieces of a military, and they were communication and logistics. So if you could take out an enemy's communication or an enemy's logistics or the supply chains, you could effectively defeat that military without ever firing a shot. Yes, I sir. had my shot at communications in the Marine Corps. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not, not my gig. 
a lot of wires, a lot of coding, a lot of programming, a lot of tedious uh, things involved in that. But uh, so I went back to trucking and logistics after I uh, after I got out. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I'm so grateful to have you here on the stage. Uh, that background that you speak of, that's exactly my brother's background. You know, just uh, swap out the Air Force, but he was definitely a networks and communications guy. Um, yeah. Did it all the way up to the big old defense contracts, uh, you know, with some of these large military contract companies, too. Yeah. And I love the environment. I love I love my guys. Uh, I love the team environment. I love the leadership development. It just it was not the right uh, the right job for me. So I got you. I got you. And then, uh, you know, what was your earliest uh, moment in freight brokering? Because that's one of the key uh, topics of what we're talking about tonight is the actual, you know, act of brokering freight. Yeah, so uh, this is a judgment-free zone, I tell you. Yes, it, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, so I spent six years at TQL. Um, started there in 2013, became an account executive really quickly. I was the uh, uh, the one of the fastest people to pay off my uh, my draw at the time uh, in in the Indianapolis office. Uh, so got off to a really quick start and just grew my book of business over there, learned a ton, um, learned a lot about what to do and how to manage a book of business in the freight industry, learned a lot about what not to do as well. So, yes, sir. Well, that, you know, sometimes that's just as important, you know, you got to know both sides of it just so that it keeps you square. It keeps you right where you need to be and you understand, uh, why you're doing it the way that you're doing it. Um, so I love that, but let's talk about linkage, linkage logistics. I mean, how did that get started? That's your, that's your baby right there. And you yes. know, how did that get started? And was there a non-compete in there that you had to wait out to even get started with linkage? Uh, yes, there was. And I was able to do that. I went into the consulting world for a year. Uh, and truth be told, I was, I was done, uh, with freight brokerage. I was out. I spent six years grinding and uh i have a wife and three kids who rarely saw me um mm. you can debate whether or not that's a good thing or not <laughs> yeah uh you can ask them uh but uh, i was just tired of uh, of the grind and i was i was burnt out i had been burnt out multiple times so i was looking forward to uh, a change of pace uh and i uh, went into the consulting world for a year uh with the intention of changing my career trajectory uh but uh what you can you can take the guy out of the out of the logistics but you can't take the logistics out of the guy he's just yes, sir. once you get the bug once it bites you you get you either you're either in or you're all the way out and uh and uh the consulting world taught me a lot uh but the pace was was definitely not my speed uh i'm a very fast moving individual and i have to have a fast paced environment in order to thrive so yes, sir. okay uh, so yeah. So after about uh, after a year of that, I had been talking to a, a friend of mine who is an investor. His name is John Gerchik. He's the he's my co-founder, um, and he's been wanting to get into logistics for a long time. He has a lot of relationships in the industry, um, and uh, so he asked me what we needed to start linkage, and I said I need one thing: I need autonomy <laughs> to build the freight brokers the way I know it needs to be built, to create the kind of culture that I know we need. And to create the kind of partnerships that will allow us to build not just a solid company for the long term, 
but a solid company that is doing things the right way for the long term. And so he gave me that. And March first, we start March first of twenty twenty. We uh, we opened up shop. Nice. I, I love it. I love it. And you know, talk about some of those values. You know, autonomy to build that that corporate. I mean, that culture. You know, it's corporate culture at this point. But uh, what are some of those core values that was very important that you instilled from the very beginning, like the, the get go, so that anybody that even, you know, hears your name, Linkage Logistics, they know that this is what uh, you guys stand for. Like, what are some of those core values? Yeah. So number one at the top of the list is appreciation for our people. Uh, if there is one reason why I am in business, uh, it's. Obviously, we have to maintain a profitable business to continue operating. Uh, but money is not why I'm in business. Money is the how uh, I continue to operate in business. Why I am in business is because business and the Western capitalist model is the most advanced system for advancing people's lives in the history of mankind. Mm -hmm. And so at Linkage, we're absolutely about turning a profit, but we're also even more so about developing our people into the person and the professional that they envision themselves being. And that's really where, where the rubber meets the road uh, with us. Do you guys have a specific, like, is there any type of freight that you guys specialize in more than any others? Um, so like if there were any shippers or manufacturers or maybe even some very, very skilled brokers with a book of business with this particular type of uh, freight, they can come holler at you. Yeah, so we, we move all kinds of full truckload freight. But what we really are honing in on, uh, especially right now, is refrigerated freight. Uh, both of my, two of my brokers who are my, our most experienced people uh, on our team uh, have all moved reefer freight throughout their entire career. They're very experienced. And one of the things that we're really doing is we're, we're developing a process of 100% uh, visibility for our refrigerated customers. Um, we're taking bits and pieces of what we learned along the way in our careers and kind of adapting it to our, our style. So our shipper customers are able to not just give us a phone call, but they're able to check their email. They're able to to look on an app and they're able to find out where their truck is at any point in time. And our, our idea around reefer freight is that the customer has to call us for an update. We're doing something wrong. And so we're really dialing in on the just in time refrigerated freight. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. What, what's the, what's the platform that enables you guys to, uh, you know, give them that visibility like that? Yes, we use a couple. Our, our TMS is McLeod Software. Okay. Uh, we made an investment in McLeod early on uh, due to the scalability of the, of the platform. It, we shouldn't have to upgrade, fingers crossed, uh, for, for quite a while. So we use uh, McLeod as a TMS. We utilize MacroPoint uh, as well. Uh, we also utilize TransFlow uh, for document processing and visibility on that end from the carrier side. Okay. Yeah, you definitely got to streamline the process. So if you guys have already, you know, incorporated that technology that makes that easier for everybody, uh, that's a win-win. Um, that's definitely putting, making sure that that system is there to uh, streamline everything. So I love that. Okay. Now you've been you've been brokering freight 
since 2013-ish, if you had to guesstimate, and you, you're definitely going to have to guesstimate this, how many truckloads of freight would you say that you have facilitated? Oh, my. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me personally, on between my accounts and the and throughout all the training and everything, it's it's in the tens of thousands. In the tens of thousands. Oh man, uh, I can I can believe it because once you get in there, you said that you said you're a fast moving, a fast paced individual. So I can I can see you accumulating ten thousand full truckloads. I can see that definitely. Now this is also a question that you're going to have to guesstimate. And it's an important question to facilitate those 10,000 truckloads. How many different carriers did you have to partner up with? Hmm. I would also have to say probably tens of thousands, especially because early on. So when I first got started in the brokerage side of things in 2013, the relationship between the carrier and the broker is a highly commoditized relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, part, part of the expression, but we're not called freight whores for nothing. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, in the beginning, it was all about getting the lowest price carrier on the load and making whatever margin you could. You can take less quality freight because you can book a cheaper carrier. And at the first place I was at, that was, that was what we were all about. That was the, that was the goal is to get the cheapest carrier you could find and worry about the quality down the road. If it, if it becomes an issue. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. My bad. I got a text message about something APD related. I'm in Atlanta. My friend says something got stolen from him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa, I don't know what's going on. But uh, okay, well, now I definitely hear you. The reason why I ask that question is because that right there proves that freight brokers need motor carriers. And I'm only guessing here, but I'd imagine that there's only a small amount of carriers who are listening now or we'll hear this on the podcast session that have direct contracts to manufacturers and shippers, um, which basically says carriers also need freight brokers. Uh, Both sides need each other. So the whole point of this discussion is to highlight the broker carrier summit that's taking place on April 12th of this year. So how did that come about? Like, is this the inaugural event taking place on April 12th for the broker carrier summit? It is, yes. And uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited about this because, as you said, brokers and carriers uh, need each other indispensably. Uh, it's kind of hard to say where this came about. I've had a lot of conversations with uh, a lot of colleagues of mine in the industry for years about why and how the relationship between uh, brokers and carriers needs to change. Um, but I've only been able to, to get the wheels moving on this since starting linkage. Cause again, it goes back to that autonomy, uh, of starting the freight brokerage and being able to build something the way, you know, it needs to be built. And the summit, even though the summit is not a part of, of linkage, the summit is basically my contribution personally to the industry saying, Hey, we're going to bring 
uh, not just Dan and what Dan knows and what Dan has experienced, but we're going to bring other industry experts into the platform as well. And we're going to really dial in on how carriers can have meaningful, long-lasting, profitable, mutually beneficial relationships with brokerages and how brokerages can actually develop quality partnerships with carriers that will, in, in, in many ways, give them the results from a quality perspective that their customers are looking for. Good. So that's kind of where it came where it came from. This is the product of probably about 10 years of, of thought and, uh, and networking. Well, you know, let me be the first to tell you, <laughs> or at least the first to tell you today, this is a very necessary summit. You know, this, uh, I feel like everybody that's been in freight, whether you're a carrier, you're a, a broker, you're a dispatcher, uh, we've all blamed somebody uh, on the other side of the coin of just like it being their fault. And, you know, ultimately, the only person or the only entity that suffers when we can't get it together is the customer. So you bringing that up that this right here is going to allow the customer to get the ultimate level of service. That's what it ultimately should be about anyway. So you putting this on is, is a huge thing. Uh, who, what are the other voices that you feel like need to, to be here? You said that you're going to bring other industry professionals. Um, what type of roles do they play? Yeah, so Robert Bain, he's a, uh, a uh, director of operations over at uh, CDL 1000. Uh, he's been in the industry a long time. Strongest man in logistics, plug for him. Uh, he's going to be speaking about uh, the dangers of double brokers. Mm -hmm. and the threats that they pose to especially uh, newer, smaller carriers. Uh, also, we have Troy Whitman, good good buddy of mine as well from Leonard's Express, going to be talking about the dynamics between carriers and brokers and uh, kind of dialing in also on if you're a carrier, is it a good time or a good idea rather for you to, to instead of working with other brokers exclusively, spin off your own brokerage? And, how, and some of the, the challenges and benefits that come from that. All right. That definitely comes from uh, the AB5 situation. That That's happened a lot out, uh, out West, right? Correct. Yeah. I was perking my ears up to hear if you guys were going to have any folks from the dispatch side. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's new. It's new. But at one point, brokerages were very new and not as, you know, commonplace as they are today. But with the regulations gave them, gave you all, you know, that that legitimacy that made everybody, you know, accepting. So the same situation is happening with independent dispatch agencies, you know, so that might be something, you know, maybe not for the inaugural, maybe for some some future ones. But uh, yeah, definitely, a, a, I will say a voice uh, that does have a unique perspective in this entire uh, ordeal. Yeah, absolutely. Because if the if the freight brokers are the agent of the shipper, the dispatchers are the agent of the carrier. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think people really misunderstand about the dispatch side. Uh, and that's, that's, that's really what it all comes down to in a nutshell and why this summit actually is, I think, hopefully going to make a difference. There is a ton of misunderstanding and a lack of trust 
in this industry across all segments of this industry. So hopefully uh, we can definitely create not only a, an event, but a platform and an environment where people know that they can come together and share ideas and do so with the understanding that we're all trying to move the industry in a positive direction. Yes, sir. Do you feel like um, hosting it now at this current point is kind of the most, the best time it could have been held? And let me, let me season that question with this. We just got out of the golden age of trucking where rates were out of this world, you know, the highest ever recorded in history. Um, now rates are low. They are just as low as the quote unquote 2019 trucking bloodbath, you know? Mm -hmm. So the market is ridiculously soft. Carriers are being forced out of business every single day. Is it now, like, is it a must that we do this now while we're at in this phase of the, of the cycle? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think that there would not have been a bad time to launch something like this. Uh, because go back to when rates were at all-time high, right before that, right before, uh, in the middle of the, of the COVID shutdown, um, there was a lot of carriers uh, petitioning the FMCSA and Capitol Hill to do something about what they called broker price gouging, which, to be completely fair, I don't think the people who are promoting that know the definition of price gouging, but that's a different, uh, different topic. Uh, because at the end of the day, what it comes down to is there's a pervasive lack of transparency and lack of trust between the carrier and the broker. And it doesn't go without merit. Um, but I think whenever the conversation could begin is the best time for it to begin. How do you feel like the climate is right now? Like, do you do you feel do you have an overall sense of how brokers and carriers are are kind of feeling towards one one another right now? Because historically, you know, we could talk about it. It's been a very volatile relationship. Do you have like anything that's saying that it's gotten any uh, better since? Um, on the whole, what I what I've heard and uh, and seen is each side is kind of treating the other as a necessary evil mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I can speak directly to uh, my broker's relationships with, with their carriers. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say at linkage in the three years that we've been in business and the 6,000 or so carriers that we've set up in the last three years, we've only had, I think four carrier complaints. Mm -hmm. Um, which we're very proud of. And all of those four were about essentially paperwork and performance issues. Um, and so I think the, the climate among brokers and carriers who are looking to establish partnerships, I think that climate is very, is, is ripe for growth. Um, I'm not sure if that's an indic indicative of the entire industry, and I'm not sure it ever has been. Uh, indicative of the entire industry. Right. Well, you know, that is very impressive uh, to be operating for three years and only have four carrier complaints. Uh, no, no, that's definitely something to tout about. 
So, uh, you know, kudos to you and the team and for you to build that culture, uh, you know, that has kind of led to, um, you know, those relations being at a, a very manageable level. You know what I mean? Because as you as we all know, uh, there are some brokers that are, you know, nearly blacklisted amongst carriers um, <laughs> just for the way that, you know, they treat um, each carrier, which is funny. I mean, well, which is kind of one of the reasons why I felt as though in my dispatching career, you know, with me owning Atlanta Dispatch, why I pivoted from uh, the very first equipment type that I started my business on. At first, I was dispatching box trucks. But, you know, uh, upon operating and being on the the low board and you got to be in the spot market to do the expedited vehicles, you know, there was just really not too much respect that was given to the box truck carrier um, from brokerages. So it was something that I felt like I needed to pivot away from and go to something that was more of a relationship game, um, you know, which ultimately led me over to drayage and all these type of things. But the, the whole point is, is like the, the brokers or at least the sections within the brokerage that have to, uh, that, that choose to pour into the relationship um, is, I don't think, like you said, I don't think that's ever, uh, I don't think that's ever going to go out of style, <laughs> you know, um, and it's not indicative of everybody, but those who invested it, you, they definitely get what. So what's the, what's the uh, format like for this discussion? Is it in person? What if somebody is unable to get to Indy? What is the situation there? Yeah. So we're definitely, we're, we have a live, uh, live uh, venue. Uh, we're meeting at the Embassy Suites in Indianapolis on April 12th. Uh, it's going to be an entire day event. Uh, but if you can't make it to Indy, uh, we do have an online uh, link as well uh, that we that we send out uh, through the uh, the Eventbrite platform. Would you say this is something that brokers, carriers, dispatchers are there any? Well, those are a given. Are there any other professionals that you feel like uh, should participate or would benefit from hearing uh, what comes of the summit? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're working for a factoring company. Uh, or you're working for an insurance company that specializes in truckload insurance. And one of our sponsors is RRL Insurance. Um, and uh, Adam uh, Sapesky over there is going to be giving a, a, a talk, kind of dovetailing with, with Bain's talk about the dangers of double brokers. Uh, he's going to be talking from an insurance perspective, what carriers should be looking for um, in kind of sniffing out these fraudulent players. Uh, so anybody within the trucking industry who, who touches full truckload in any way would benefit from this. And one of the reasons why I say that is because it's not just a lecture type of, of scenario. We do have speakers, Troy and Bain and myself are going to be giving kind of uh, keynote talks, if you will. But we also have two roundtable sessions that are designed to, to get the dialogue going. Because uh, I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think anybody listening to me speak for an hour is going to come away with a whole heck of a lot other than uh, what we talk about. But if we can get a conversation going and get people across carriers and brokers and dispatchers talking to each other, that's where the real, uh, I think, long-term benefit to the industry is going to come from. 
Gotcha. No, I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, it might even be, you know, I hear exactly what the goal is, but there might also be another thing that comes from it, you know, which is networking, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, folks being able to put their uh, minds together and see what synergies are there. So I would imagine that there's going to be a fair amount of networking between uh, brokers and carriers to see uh, where somebody has capacity and who has a need for it. And they're potentially, uh, you know, being a, a contractor to signed uh, following this event. So, you know, I, I wouldn't want people to not also understand the networking aspect of being face to face um, in Indy. So, um, yeah, yeah, it sounds like it's about to be a, a great event. And, you know, what has there been something that we, we haven't covered, something that, you know, any other goals of the event, any other topics that are going to be discussed? Uh, yeah. So this is like you mentioned, this is going to be the inaugural event. Um, if this if this goes the way we hope it goes, this is going to be a regular thing. Um, the uh, the guys that I've talked to, um, Troy and Bain, they're very interested in, in, in continuing uh, down this road with, with me. Uh, they're very gracious and very patient guys with me. I need that. <laughs> um, but, uh, we also would be, if, if, if this continues, we're going to be bringing other voices in as well. What we, cause what we really want to do is again, create that dialogue. This, this event is the first of, uh, call it phase one of this vision. Uh, once we get down the road and we get a few of these under our belt, and we get to phase three, uh, I, I really think that everyone is going to be uh, very happy with the level of interaction that we've been able to create. Yes, sir. Well, uh, you know, if there's anything that I can do to help uh, get this bad boy, you know, make this inaugural event a, a splash, uh, you know, so that everybody in the industry is talking about it throughout the next year, um, up until phase two comes around, I'm happy to do that. This is what the industry needs. We need people who are interested to see how we can build things up, not just point the finger, but create the platform through which real growth and development and, you know, the symbiotic relationship between carrier and broker can be nurtured because that's exactly what it is. It, it's, it's, I mean, we, we need each other. Everybody is in this together. And uh, we wouldn't be able to operate without the other half. So um, I appreciate you for joining me on the stage this evening. And, uh, you know, if they if folks wanted to uh, get tickets right now, what would they need to do? Yeah. So uh, you can follow the Eventbrite link that you put in the uh, uh, in the chat. It'll take you right to the website uh, to sign up. Uh, if you are listening to this, uh, I've created a special promo code for it called Clubhouse. So if you want to uh, to register either for the virtual uh, session or for the in-person session on April 12th, go ahead and use the promo code Clubhouse and you'll get 20% off just for listening to, uh, to Jory here. All right. Sweet, 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 sweet. Well, um, everybody, I truly appreciate the support here in the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. Uh, this bad boy has grown from me transitioning from corporate America uh, because I didn't want to get fired when COVID hit, <laughs> you know, this right here, this platform was born of me interviewing 
uh, folks who were already in the industry doing what I was trying to do, dispatching, fleet, owning fleets and operating. And, uh, you know, these, these discussions have been taking place for uh, nearly three years and we've been growing and uh, I'm just happy to be able to continue to bring value to your operations. So uh, we're going to keep this bad boy going. Now, look, this next this next interview that I have coming up on Wednesday is it's, it's different. <laughs> it's different from what I've done in the past because, you know, we've had plenty of lawyers uh, who represent the trucking company. Now, this is going to be a lawyer who would represent the person that is injured by a trucking company. So um, I'm interested to see how that conversation is going to go. So tune in on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and always on Monday, 7.30 a.m., as we partner up with Freightway Sonar Team. I think this next coming week, we're actually going to be joined by uh, a member of Dan's team uh, to to actually uh, talk about some of the lanes that Linkage Logistics has. Um, is that Was that confirmed, Dan? Yeah, yeah, Alan is looking forward to it. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. So, yeah, definitely tune in next Monday for that. Um, so... Yeah, I appreciate you, Dan. If Again, if there's anything I can do to help, I'm more than happy to. So just holler at me, brother. Absolutely, will do. Thank you for your uh, the ability to come on here. Thank you for your graciousness. I appreciate it a lot. Anytime. All right, everybody be blessed.